Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Well, hello. So in this podcast, we are talking about becoming better at bonding. Is that enough bees for you? Becoming better, <laughs> becoming better at bonding. You know, we all are bonding or not bonding throughout our entire days. We're either focused on ourselves and what we want to do for us, or we're looking outward and seeing how we can reach out to the other people around us. And so there's different times in our day when we're just with us. But you know, even in those moments where you are just by yourself, you can actually be bonding to another person. It's true. Because bonding is something that happens in your heart and mind, whether the person is there or not. Well, okay, that's enough because I'm just going to get going here. <laughs> but we, we are going to talk about bonding today and gonna, we're going to share, we're going to do a little bit of discussing of what bonding means. And then we're going to share three components that improve family bonding. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But as is tradition, we are going to first start out with a fun family activity. What kind of a family? the activity do we want to talk about today Paige? Well seeing as how the time of year that we're at currently is we're getting close to Christmas and the holiday season uh, something that we like to do as a family is decorate as a family something that we do uh, family tradition is we set up for Christmas on Black Friday so the day after Thanksgiving is uh, set up for Christmas day with the family and usually it doesn't take too terribly long but it's a fun activity that we all look forward to you know crank up the Christmas music uh, I'll put on some super cheap Santa hats and we decorate the house together. And it's so fun. Super cheap Santa hats, like emphasis on cheap. We like bought dollar store, like dollar store Santa hats. We bought years ago. Our family used to go singing at like rest homes and stuff like that. And for Christmas, we thought, okay, we'll be fun. We'll all wear a Santa hat when we go singing. And so we got $1 Santa hats. Those Santa hats are still around and we pull them out. And just the other day, uh, Paige was in town with her husband, Joseph, and it was the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so, of course, everyone was like, we've got to decorate. And so we all started decorating together. It was super fun. And it was fun to have Joseph there with us, helping out with some of the fun parts of decorating. And now the house looks like a Christmas workshop or winter <laughs> wonderland. And it's just so fun. You know, here's the thing. Is there a lot of people that they're decorating like they're so particular about their decorating that they don't let their children help and i think this is really a, a disaster so no matter when you're listening to this if you're decorating for the fourth of july or well maybe you don't even live in the united states or you know whatever holiday you happen to have include your children in that you know i let them decorate pretty much everything me and joseph worked on the tree and everybody else did everything else and that's just the beauty of it is everybody mm -hmm. does it with their own special little flair. And if it's your not, not your perfect way, um, if you can last it and not have to change it because you're going to, you know, go crazy on the inside, then just leave it be, <laughs> you know, just leave it be. It's a super fun thing to do. So 
anyway, um, include them and make sure you do it when they are there so that they get to have that memory with you. Mm-hmm. All right. Here at the teaching self-government podcast, we of course relate everything to self-government and self-government is the process of a person having a change of heart. So deciding, okay, wait a minute. I was selfish just then. I don't want to be selfish. So I'm going to change the way I feel about that person. I'm going to change the way I feel about that situation. I'm going to change the way I feel about myself and the way I think in this situation. I'm going to get a new behavior. This is called a change of heart. And it's actually um, another thing that people are saying nowadays. This is a a common um, term that's being used. I call it self-government, but some people say Uh, emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. So some people start using that saying, well, if you're emotionally strong, if you have emotional intelligence, then, then you can maintain control of yourself and not allow your emotions to take over, even though you know that your emotions exist. And I think that's a good term. And basically that's what self-government means is that um, you acknowledge the, the power and purpose of your emotions, but you don't let them put you into bondage. Uh, Instead, you, you use them for the better and you use the self-control you've got inside. So that's self-government and it does require having your heart in the driver's seat and, <laughs> and leading you. So we want to help parents and children all have a change of heart, hopefully to a hot, a, a soft, I almost said hard, but that would be not right. Um, <laughs> to a soft heart, a soft, moldable, teachable, repentant, humble, but yet strong and confident heart all at the same time. So part of that is bonding, you know, um, our relationships with each other are a big part of our condition of heart, actually. So the way that we look at each other, the way we communicate with each other helps us see ourselves in a new light and constantly refine ourselves. So if we have good bonds and we're nurturing good bonds in our families, then one of the natural results of that is going to be a person who is constantly trying to improve and become the best version of themselves. So that's why we want to have a really good bond. And like I said before, at the beginning of this podcast, you can bond to a person even when that person is not there. So I could be thinking about Paige. Now, Paige lives in a different state from me. That I do. I could be thinking about Paige and I could say, okay, you know, I just love her so much and she's just so thoughtful because she did this or whatever. I'm so proud of her for, you know, doing this kind of thing. I could be sitting there appreciating her in my mind and in my heart, and that would increase my bond or attachment to her. It would actually improve my relationship to her. So let's talk about relationships. If we've got a family page of you know, six people, how many relationships do we have in this family? Oh, goodness. There's a lot. I'd say at least 36. Yeah, there's definitely 36 relationships. And so how do you, how do you factor in 36 relationships in a family of six? Like most people would say, well, there are six relationships in that family, but we say, no, there's 36. Why? Well, because so you've got a family. So dad has a relationship with you. He also has a separate relationship with Quinn. 
a separate relationship with me, separate relationship with London, and a separate relationship with Porter. That's five different relationships right there. And we have a relationship with himself. Yeah. So that's six. And if each person has a relationship like that with everyone else, six times six is 36. Yeah. So what we're saying is a relationship is one-sided. So I could be at my house talking to Paige on the phone and I could be thinking wonderful things about her and how much I love and care about her. She could be on the phone having the same conversation with me, but she could be thinking how annoying I am and how much time the call takes and how she doesn't want to talk on the phone anymore or something like that. And so her relationship to me could be drastically different from my relationship to her. And each of us only has responsibility for our side of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean we can't, you know, sometimes mess up how somebody chooses to think of us because of our own actions, but mostly it's up to them to forgive our shortcomings And it's up to us to keep working on the way we're communicating and having relationships with others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I had an interesting experience while I was on my service trip for my church. Um, I was able to, I was able to strengthen my bond with dad. And, you know, kind of once I hit 18, we, we tended to butt heads just a little bit. Um, And so like we left on good terms, obviously, but um, I was able to have a better relationship with him as I was doing my service mission. And I would get emails from him every now and then because uh, we were allowed to do emails to family once a week. Um, and I wouldn't get one from him every week, but I could tell with my time away um, as he was at home thinking about me and as I would read his emails, I would just be very touched. Uh, at just how much he loved me and how much I could see that through what he had written me in my emails. And I came home and our relationship was very different and much more mature and uh, deeper. Mm -hmm. So, and that changed things for the whole family. So this Mm -hmm. is a key thing about bonding is bonding between family members. So the bond between you and dad, say for instance, ends up increasing the entire family unity. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have a family that feels united and close together, you have to continually work on the individual bonds. You can't just group the whole family together and say, okay, we're going to have family time once a month. And so that should do it. Check. (laughs) That doesn't work, you know, and especially when everybody starts leaving and going off on their own. If, if I were to only say, Hey, we're just going to all see each other one time, same day, you know, once a month or once every other month or, you know, whatever, but none of you siblings ever talked to each other. We never had any other calls with you or with, you know, no one was nurturing anything privately and personally with each other, then our family unity would feel, I mean, we we would still enjoy our time together, but we wouldn't feel quite as united as a group as we're going on in our adult lives. And certainly the same, it happens even when we're living under the same roof. So Mm -hmm. even when you're little, if dad was really busy and not bonding with the family, well, which happened sometimes when he was building businesses and stuff like that, it impacted the entire family unity. Yeah. And so keeping those bonds strong makes a really big difference. Well, in a strained relationship, whether it be between spouses or 
you know, a parent and a child or two children, that impacts the whole family. Like if you think about it, um, in fact, I just read a book late, or recently that talked about a husband and a wife whose marriage was not so awesome um, and the kids knew it and the kids were just trying to save their parents, you know, just try and save their siblings and just keep everything together. And so it's, it puts a lot of strain on the rest of the family when there's conflict and not a lot of healthy bonding between two people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. All right. So let's talk about three components that can improve family bonding. Now we could probably do like 10 component components, <laughs> but just for the sake of just giving you something to work on right now, that could be really nice and quick. We're going to do three. So number one, Paige, what's number one? Number one is time. In fact, one of our very first podcasts talks about time. Um, and this, you know, quantity matters. And I mean, quality too, but quantity of time is very important when it comes to bonding. Mm-hmm. You've got to have time together because you have to have shared experiences mm-hmm. and that requires time. And, and you just need to have time for just the regular conversations, you know, if, if you're only with each other, you know, seven minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, you're only going to hit on like a few little nuts and bolts of the day. Okay. And what you know, it'll still stay surface level. It will. It'll be like, how was school or what time do you need to be at your practice? Have you eaten your dinner? You know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that is just like, just to maintain the regular flow, flow of, life. of life. Yeah, That's not enough. You need to have time where you can go to a new level in your conversations. Yeah. So, and that actually brings us to number two. It does. So the second component that can really improve your bonding as you're focusing on giving more time to the family. In fact, even blocking out how much time do I want and putting it in your schedule. That makes a difference. Are you, you want to have dates with the children once a week or one child once a week, put it on your schedule. Is it going to happen Thursday night? Then do it, put it on there so that it, it for sure happens. Sometimes if you don't schedule it in, you don't get that quality or quantity of time, which actually it's the quantity that makes the quality really. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, so number two is varying activities. So as you're working on creating more time together, what are you going to be doing with that time? So often when people think, oh, I need to spend time with the family, they immediately think of some sort of recreation or some sort of diversion activity. Game Uh, night, family picnic, family movie night. Yeah, yeah, they, they automatically like think of, okay, we're going to go four wheeling, we're going to go ice skating, we're going to, you know, they usually think of something that's like an action or a location, or because something. of shared experiences. Yeah, so normally people think of that. And those types of things are really good. But I want to tell you, that's just one layer then. And, and it actually is an entitlement layer. So now here's, <laughs> here's something you may not consider. If your main memories with your family, your main um, quantity of time that they look forward to with you is just like, oh, we watched a movie or, oh, we got to go and do this, you know, to this amusement park or do this activity or I got taken to the beach or, you know, whatever it is, some sort of a, 
a diversion activity. Well, all of those things feed the selfish. So when they're with you at the activity, even if they feel grateful for being there, the majority of the time they're thinking about their own senses, what is stimulating them. And Mm -hmm. so that actually can lead to entitlement in the relationship or feeling like they deserve those types of activities and they don't even want to participate in any other types of activities. So this is super fun. In fact, I notice it with my children when when they have too many movie nights, too many, um, you know, just fun, diverting activities and not enough time just doing the regular mom things and the dad things like working together, creating things, learning things together. Um, it does make a difference. There was a time when I noticed that Porter was getting really, Like he didn't want to do anything unless it was quote unquote fun. And I thought, "Uh oh, (laughs) have we done too many just fun things with this boy? Because he is the last child at home, you know, (laughs) and stuff. And I'm like, spoiled maybe. maybe." (laughs) And I was like, here, Porter, come and let's do some genealogy work, some family genealogy work together. And, and he was like, he was like, uh, no, I don't really want to do that. And he did not disagree appropriately. And if you know, teaching (laughs) self-government, you know that we disagree appropriately if we don't want to do something. Mm -hmm. He did not. He was kind of (laughs) whiny. I had to do a correction. I corrected him. He got the opportunity to earn an extra chore and everything. And then he decided that he was going to, you know, be okay but he still wasn't like super thrilled about it Mm -hmm. but after doing this genealogy research for a while together the two of us I could tell his spirits were up and I could tell that we were bonding together and and it was a good experience and that's exactly what I wanted I I wanted because he did disagree appropriately just you know after I corrected him for not disagreeing appropriately (laughs) he did disagree appropriately and asked if he could please not do this because he wasn't in the mood and I said no you need to and the reason why was because I knew he needed a different type of activity to do with me right then that he had had too much just fun and games and I could tell he was feeling entitled and so they need to be able to have they need to be able to have other experiences. So do things like working together, creating things together, learning new things together, work on projects and stuff together, not just diverting activities. Yeah. And I know one of my, probably, well, not favorite memories per se, but one that's prevalent when it comes to like a bonding time with you. I think I was visiting for the weekend from college and there was yard work to be done. And you're like, okay, Paige, this is what needs to happen. You know, I will, I will, there will be a reward if you can get this much gardening done with, you know, by the end of the day. And I said, challenge accepted, let's go. And so, but you didn't just send me out there. You came out yourself and you started working on other things. And I took on that challenge and I just zoomed through that whole project. Um, and at the end, you know, I was super tired, super exhausted, but you had come up to help me. And you said, wow, Paige, this looks amazing. I am proud of you. You know, I was working my tail off, um, as were you. And it was a really, a really fun experience just to kind of step back and look at it and say, wow, I did all that in like three hours and mom was out here helping me. So not, we weren't necessarily like right side by side, but we were doing yard work together. And that was, that is something that I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And those types of memories actually are the ones that really bond you together more than anything. Mm -hmm. You share that time where, you know, we share that time where we conquered the yard, you know, or, or whatever it was. That For we the 15th that time that month. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about number three. Component number three is honesty. So important honesty. And there's so many different ways that we can apply the concept of honesty, but you know, number one is of course, good communication. I mean, mm -hmm. when a person is honest, they communicate well, they tell exactly what needs to be told, but they do it in a way that is kind and understanding and supportive, but mm -hmm. still maintains that good communication. And, and, you know, this actually means that a person has to consistently correct and teach their children. If you are honest with your children in all things, then when you notice something that needs fixing, you will say, that is up to me to fix that. And I will do it. And then you will consistently follow through with the correcting or the teaching. Mm -hmm. But if you are not fully honest, then you'll be like, well, maybe they'll grow out of that, maybe whatever. <laughs> and, and you don't actually do the talking about it that needs to happen. You don't acknowledge your own role, which is to make sure that their attitudes and their conduct are in accordance with the principles and the values that you're teaching them. And that is living honestly. That does require more work. Mm -hmm. you know, when a person but is it's honest. so worth it. I know this, this is something that my husband and I are pretty good at already, but obviously, you know, continuing to work on, um, our communication is pretty darn good. And we're able to tell each other like, Hey, you know, you should, you should use your words. You know, I can tell what you want, but you should tell me what you want, <laughs> you know, or when we, um, have something that we need to discuss, our communication is really good. And we're very honest in our feelings, um, and kind of things that need to be talked about and discussed. And that has been so lovely for our bonding. We are very close. We talk about everything and, you know, we don't have any shame in talking about anything or we're not embarrassed to talk about things. We're not necessarily super apprehensive to talk about things because we know we can be totally honest with each other and we're not going to fly off the handle. You know, we're going to sit down and talk about it and discuss what, this, what next steps need to be taken and it's so nice to have that in uh, a marriage relationship especially but also with um, friends and family yes so here's the other thing that you are doing in your honest communication which I think needs to be brought up as far as honesty goes and that is calmness so mm -hmm. you're communicating in a way that is calm and that's fully honest if you have a feeling inside of aggression, frustration, you are mad at the other person, you feel like they don't understand you, whatever it happens to be, all of those things actually lead toward manipulative tone. Mm -hmm. So even if you're saying the right words, your tone gets manipulative and then it, people feel like you are not being honest with them really. And, and even though you think, no, that's totally honest. Cause I'm mad. <laughs> no, because it's not that it, it's a manipulation. You're trying to get them to feel a certain way, whether you feel that way or, or not is not what we're talking about. 
True, honest communication keeps in mind the relationship and honestly says, how should I treat someone in this relationship? Mm -hmm. That's true honesty, not just if I feel that I have to let it go. Anyway, that's the third component. Uh, I mean, we could probably go on about this. I know we have other podcasts (laughs) related to relationships, but we wanted to add a little bit more to that conversation today. And I hope that throughout the holidays and any other time that you happen to be living in, I know we're filming this during the time of the holidays, but I hope that you'll be thinking, how can I bond together with my family just a little bit more? Now, number one, remember it's individual, even though you want the whole family bonded, it's individual. You've got to put in the time because quantity matters, vary the activities. So offer to have activity times with them that aren't just fun and games, and then be sure to value, value their relationship enough that you're always honest in your communications instead of manipulative. Thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government podcast today, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.